Hello and welcome to another episode of Episodes of Psychosis. You're listening to the Episodes of Psychosis podcast, and I'm your host, Mervyn. Thank you very much for joining us today. During this podcast, we will be talking about psychological distress. I would like to describe and discuss the idea of psychological distress experienced during episodes of psychosis. Maybe you've got someone who's, who's gone through or recently got, been going through uh, psychosis and you're interested in knowing a little bit more about what the individual is feeling and even though experiences will differ uh, significantly between individuals I would argue that there's probably a consistent internal emotional response that the individual goes through during a psychosis that are very much the same across all individuals and I want to be able to describe this psychological distress in detail and look at what people go through when they're in the midst of an episode of psychosis. In order to do this, I think we need to explore initially what happens when an individual is hospitalized. So hospitalization usually occurs when the moment in the moments following the individual reaching a maximum level of emotional distress psychological distress and in some cases this could involve the person doing a lot of yelling or the individual doing a lot of crying or being very upset pacing around appearing paranoid making statements that are uh, effectively nonsensical to the listeners. Whatever the external appearance of the distress may be, the point that I'm trying to make is that the individual themselves is in a state of maximum psychological distress. And what that feels like on the inside could be very would be very difficult to describe would be very difficult for somebody who's never experienced it to know what it's like but it might be comparable using some sort of metaphor to having your um, whole world watching your whole world fall apart before your very eyes and and I don't know any better words to use than to just say it's watching your life getting ripped up in front of your eyes. Your whole world falls apart before your very eyes. And the moments where you're going into the hospital is likely the moments where you feel the most betrayed by the people closest to you. And that is because somebody decided that you needed to go to the hospital. If you decided that, good on you. That's, that's, uh, that's an incredible... Uh, amount of insight that you've demonstrated but in most cases somebody decided that you needed to be hospitalized and that was probably some close loved ones somebody that you trust someone that you feel deeply and profoundly betrayed by as a result of their decision 
to have you hospitalized and we'll back it up a little bit and assume that they called 911 or assume that they had a clinic uh, consult in your case and you were seen by a doctor and then you were ultimately admitted to hospital. That is some of the most distressing experiences and some of the most potentially uh, relationship shattering moments that a person can live through, in my opinion. Um, so, so that's so that's to start out, and and so that's assuming that you get into the hospital without putting up any kind of resistance. That's assuming that you go peacefully and quietly into the hospital when when it is time for you to go. And I don't know um, if there are many that go peacefully and quietly, but in my experience, even those who go peacefully and quietly into the hospital are in a state of profound, profound emotional distress during that time. It is a lonely and and just completely devastating moment for the person going into the hospital. It is it is it is completely isolating. If you are going, even if somebody's going there with you, helping you go through the process, you cannot connect to them. You are in your own world, and and that is a good way to describe the delusions and some of the hallucinations that people go through. You're in your own world, and even though you're with others, you're withdrawn because you can't seem to connect to others because your experiences are completely different from their experiences and and that's and that's a very frightening that's a terrifying uh, place to be and now you're in the hospital and you're being given medical forms uh, being shown medical forms potentially indicating that you will be held there for observation and that in itself is a confusing legal uh, uh, confusing proceedings with legal implications and something that uh, someone in that state of mind can't possibly um, wrap their heads around in, in a way that makes any sense at all and then add to that the fact that everything takes so much time uh, for a person whose perception of time is in that moment probably extremely skewed so I can say personally, it feels like an eternity when you're waiting in the hospital um, to be seen by doctors and you're just waiting there. Um, and it's not surprising that people will report having the delusion that they've already died and that they're spending eternity in the hospital in some sort of purgatory or punishment or hell um, because of the fact that the process the time to process and observe does is quite prolonged. Um, add to that the fact that the person's perception of the passage of time is completely skewed. This person is not having a good day. Apparently, that's why it's fairly common if somebody's asked uh, who's having an episode of psychosis, if they're asked, you know, do you have any thoughts of harming yourself or any thoughts of harming others? Uh, I've said it, and I, I've heard others. I've heard of others saying it. You know, I it I didn't, and no, 
And the reason is, I felt like I was already dead. Um, and that's, and that's an extremely distressing moment. The moment that you feel like your life is already over and you're just sitting there waiting for somebody to tell you what's going on. It's extremely distressing. Nobody, sh- I wouldn't wish this experience on anyone. And yet there are, as I mentioned last episode, three out of a hundred people go through this at one point in their lifetime. And I don't know of those people how many will actually be hospitalized for psychosis. Um, but certainly we'll have that experience. Some uh, will have that experience where you're waiting in the hospital and you don't know what the next steps are. You've been given a bunch of... Um, legal documentation showing what under what authority you're being held in the hospital and you're being observed and you may have friends there you may have family there or you may not and if you do have friends or family there you may be alienating them based on your um, due to your behavior based on your delusions if you have them at that time Uh, or you may be alienating them based on antisocial behavior you may become agitated or you may feel betrayed that they're involved in having you hospitalized in any event the closest friendships the closest relationships that you have are coming under doubt right now at this time when you need them the most and so it can just be a very devastating experience in my view um, to wind up in a place like this where you feel like your whole world is falling apart and the people that should be protecting you who are the closest to you are no are either nowhere to be found or they're right by your side and you feel like they've been betraying you and this is the state that you find yourself in when you're initially hospitalized and it feels like it's taking an eternity If you can sleep, and I say if, because I think sleep disruptions is another part of the disorder that does tend to be at its worst. Uh, You picture a hospital environment and you ask yourself this person, whether this person would even be able to sleep under normal conditions, let alone in a hospital environment where there's strange sounds and, and noises. Anyway, the point is, if you can sleep, then you're doing really good. Uh, And and I would contend that most people that are initially hospitalized for psychosis aren't doing a very good job, are not able to sleep very well at all in the hospital. Uh, It's a different bed. It's probably uncomfortable. Uh, You're sharing a room one or more other individuals who are struggling with similar issues. Uh, you may you may um, be spending a lot of time um, crying or being really upset about your situation. And sleep may not be something that comes easy to you. And so one thing that they'll do is they'll prescribe or they'll they'll start to give out 
medications to help you pass out. Um, I would argue that's probably not going to result in the best um, long-term pattern for you, right? So in, in most cases, you want to be able to fall asleep because of your own rhythms and cycles. You don't want to be getting knocked out by Ativan uh, unless you absolutely have to. The, but the point is, you'll be awake a lot of the nights. And well, it, and that's happening in the middle of this uh, subjective experience of you spending an eternity in a hospital. And being awake all night long is a big part of that subjective experience. And so the nights can become an extremely lonely time, an extremely depressing time to be awake, and a psychologically distressing time. I remember times um, spending face down on the ground in the bathroom floor. I was in such a state of distress. And to a passerby, nothing, nothing that I was doing made any sense. But to me, I was in such a state of distress that I did not, I, I didn't give a second thought to the discomfort of what I was doing. Eventually, you start to come around. The meds have been prescribed. The time has been passing. You've been getting your rest. Things have been returning to something resembling good structure and normality. Eventually, your visits with people start to become a little more productive. You can talk about things um, other than your immediate psychological needs. You can talk about the weather. You can talk about uh, the news. You can talk about um, what's going on in, in the non-patient's lives what's going on in the family. Once these conversa conversations start to emerge, then social visits from guests in the hospital become much, much more productive. And this can help to alleviate the distress. But what about the people who don't have anyone to visit them? I remember there was a time when somebody commented to me, oh, you're very popular, because I'd had a couple guests in the same day. While some individuals in the getting psychiatric care don't have visitors. They don't have a loved one who's coming to see them, and they don't seem to have anyone in their life that actually is concerned for their well-being. Well... Uh, I want to take a minute to talk a little bit about the distress that comes along with that type of loneliness. Well, you maybe take for granted the importance of the relationships that you have with people in your life. I know I do. And I want to take time out of each day to be thankful, just to have some gratitude for the relationships that I have with uh, my family, my friends. Well, there are those people in, and they're in the hospital and and even when they're released from the hospital and they go back home, they're in a 
in a constant state of being alone. And the loneliness and the lack of social support is something that's going to really get to somebody experiencing episodes of psychosis. And they talk in the literature, in the psychological science literature, about the importance of social support uh, for episodes of psychosis. They talk a little bit about um, they talk a little bit about you know the recovery uh, statistics for people who have support is much better than for those who don't have a lot of people around them rallying around them saying you can we we have confidence in you you can do it you can get better and so I, what i wanted to do is take a couple minutes to acknowledge those who don't have that type of support and talk a little bit about the importance of forming community uh if you are one of those people I would strongly encourage you to find a community of of similar others. So not not necessarily people who are identical to you, but somebody who who has something in common with you, whether it be the diagnosis, whether it be common hobbies or common interests. I just want to talk about that importance that that's something that you can do for yourself while you are well. Uh, that is also something that you can do, loved ones, that you can do for the patient or the client, for the individual who's suffering episodes of psychosis, something that you can do to help them and encourage them to develop. Develop a social network, a support network while they're healthy. Doing so will pay off immensely in the long run when there's times where the stress seems to be overwhelming, having someone to turn to for support is invaluable. There's one more element of psychological distress that I would like to talk about today, and that is the, the distress that can come about as a result of feeling like you're um, being judged for your disorder, that you're being mocked or disparaged for your uh, psychological condition. Uh, we've come a long way in the mental health uh, world. I would say that society's come a long way in terms of respecting and um, dealing well with individuals affected by mental illness. But I would say that with one small exception, a large exception actually, I would argue, and that is in the area of psychosis, it seems to be fairly common for people to mock individuals as crazy or to dismiss ideas or experiences as crazy and without giving much thought to the psychological distress that this type of um, um, 
mocking behavior could have on the individual's mental well-being. So I just wanted to end with that note, um, that you should be kind and compassionate to those around you and watch your language as well too, please, because uh, sometimes being dismissive of others as crazy or as insane could be very, very hurtful to that individual. Uh, It could cause a great deal of psychological distress. Uh, the, The episode I'm hoping will give you some insight into how much the individual has been through and hopefully armed with that type of insight you would have a little bit more uh, hesitation the next time you thought that it would be fun to just make a joke or, or mock or make fun of somebody who's been struggling or suffering with mental illness and specifically with an episode of psychosis. This ends uh, another episode of Psychosis, uh, where we talk about uh, the things that are meaningful for people struggling with psychosis. And, you know, I thank you sincerely for joining me today uh, and and for listening to me talking about the darker side of the illness and the uh, hell that individuals go through both in the hospital and outside of the hospital and I hope that gives you some food for thought uh, in terms of what you can do to support um, people that you know who have been going through this condition and if you have any questions or have any comments that you wanted to share please find the email address that you can reach me at and I'd be happy to address those comments or questions and if you enjoyed listening to this episode I would encourage you to subscribe and continue listening. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that your day is blessed and that you have a wonderful, uh, wonderful day. All the best.